Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Joe, we're going to talk defensemen today. Why not? As we know, the Flyers were definitely lacking at that position last year. They did not replace Matt Niskanen, and they really felt the effects of that. They allowed the most goals per game this season in hockey at 3.52, and they could really use a top pair defenseman. I know getting one is easier said than done, but they really need to add this offseason. That's going to be a big initiative, a big area that the Flyers should be looking at. And what do you know? Seth Jones now is starting to be talked about as a trade candidate. We're going to get into Seth Jones because Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet reported recently that Seth Jones informed Columbus that he will not talk signing an extension and that he wants to test free agency after his contract expires following next season. So Columbus now could be shopping Seth Jones because they know if they let him walk for nothing, uh, that would not be good for them. They can get things for Seth Jones. Uh, 26-year-old defenseman, very good, righty shot, a lot of things to like. So the Flyers could be in on him. Uh, Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet reported that he would not be shocked at all, he said, quote-unquote, if Seth Jones eventually lands with the Flyers. Joe Fordyce, what do you think of Seth Jones? Would you welcome him to the Flyers, even if it requires a decent package in return? Well, um, to be honest with you, Jordan, Seth Jones is one of my favorite players in the league. I think he's such a dynamic player. And before this past, and I say this past season, meaning the one that we're currently in the playoffs in, before that season, I would have told you that I might have taken Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones as their top pair over any top pair in the league. Um, now, that's not to say I would take Jones or Wierenski over a guy like Hedman or something like that, but as a pair, I don't know how many pairs in the NHL are better than that one. And I really, I, I, I like everything about Seth Jones' game. Um, he's sound defensively. And he's so dynamic with the puck on offense. Um, he's not afraid to get in into the play on the offensive zone. And he skates well enough to get himself back and back into defensive position and not generally get caught. Um, great puck handler. Great at getting the puck to the net. Uh, I, I would be all in on the, on, if I'm the Flyers on getting him. Um, what does all in look like? I don't know. Um, it's tough to say what, because it seems like Columbus is in a bind here, right? So they're probably going to shoot for the stars to start, but in the end, I mean, it's take what you get or lose them for nothing. Um, they lost Artemi Panarin a couple of years ago for nothing. That team was in a playoff run. So um, a little bit of a different scenario here. The, the, the Blue Jackets just fired John Tortorella. Um, I don't believe they've hired a coach yet, or am I wrong? No, they have not. not. Right? Yeah. They've not hired a coach yet. So, I mean, w- what's that system look like next year? Who's on the team? Um, you know, they traded Nick Foligno, a former captain of their team, this year. So, that team, you know, looks in full rebuild mode. I mean, and nobody knows what it's going to be. So, you know, I don't know that they're in a position to hold a team over a barrel to trade a player. They do have Zach Wierenski, and I'm guessing that would be the guy they would want to try to build around. 
um, and potentially Patrick Line, but you know, that trade didn't exactly go well for either side. Um, that made that, you know, the, the Pierre Luc Dubois um, line a trade earlier this year. So, um, but that's kind of a long winded way of me saying that I, I would be all in on the Seth Jones sweepstakes. I would negotiate and I'll be honest with you. I don't know how many pieces on this flyers team I would declare untouchable in a trade for a player like Seth Jones. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Yeah, and, and I think Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet said he, he would not be shocked at all if the, if the Flyers are in on Seth Jones and if Seth Jones eventually came to the Flyers because he said his first point was the Flyers can do it. And I think he meant they can do it because they have the assets. They do have, you know, obviously they have a first round pick in this year's draft that they wanted to give up. Um, they also have prospects. Uh, they have some things that can attract Columbus. And Joe, you mentioned Columbus is probably in a transitional phase. Uh, they were 18, 26, and 12 this year. They're looking for a new head coach. Um, so they're probably going to want, I'm thinking, draft picks, prospects, maybe prospects that are already here at the NHL level that are producing. Um, so maybe prospects that aren't far off or already kind of arrived. And, and the Flyers definitely have some intriguing pieces there. Joe, I want to ask, are you concerned at all about Seth Jones's defensive game? I think that might be why some people are apprehensive about Seth Jones. Um, if you do look at his numbers over the last five seasons, very impressive player, 26 years old, righty shot defenseman, meaning he could slide in right on the top pair with Ivan Provrov, who was a lefty shot. Uh, Jones is a three-time all-star um, over his last five seasons, seventh in minutes per game among all NHL defensemen. Uh, he has the same amount of same number of even strength points as Alex Petrangelo over the last five seasons. Impressive stuff. But at the same time, over the last five seasons, his all-nice even strength goal differential is only plus two. He's not a guy that typically does a lot of uh, even strength uh, zone starts in the defensive zone. He typically starts in the offensive zone. Long story short, I think some people are a little concerned about his defensive ability and would he really help the Flyers prevent goals. How do you feel about that? How would you uh, react to that? Well, First off, I would, I would point out that he's played on some not-so-great teams. Yeah. Um, they've had some goaltending problems with Columbus. Um, but here's what I'll say. I think that if you put a guy like Seth Jones in, then Provorov's defensive game goes like this. Um, and I, I really think um, – I, I think Provorov maybe as the – quote unquote, number one defenseman is a little out over his skis with, cause I don't know that he possesses 
that level of offensive skill. So I think when he can, if he can maybe back off some of that offense and tune up the defense a little more, and Seth Jones would be the perfect partner to allow that to happen. Um, you know, I, I think we saw the best in Provorov's game at times when uh, Shane Gossespierre Bear was playing with him um, and when Matt Niskanen was playing with him. Um, so, okay, it, it's a concern, but I don't think you're going to go out there and you're going to get a player who has no concerns on either end. I mean, I would say Dougie Hamilton has concerns on the defensive end as well. Um, probably more so than Seth Jones. And, and again, Dougie Hamilton would require you doing some major cap room um, overhaul in order to sign him. And it's not even a, a trade. Yes. You're, you're competing against other teams, but you kind of control where you stand there because of the assets you have on a free agency, you're going to be competing against a lot of other teams. Some of them might have more money than you. Some of them might have the same. And the player ultimately is in control of that choice. I think a trade is much more appealing. And at 26, I'm not sure we've seen the best of Seth Jones game yet. Yeah. That's the thing so, I'm thinking too, is I think he's, you know, he could still be getting better. And to me, yeah, you can nit, Joe, you're spot on. Like, to me, you can nitpick every player and probably find some area of their game where maybe they're not, like, ideal in that situation. There just simply are not a ton of Alex Petrangelo's, um, you know, the Headmans, all those guys that produce offense at a really high clip and prevent goals at a really high clip and play in an insane number of minutes. It just you don't see a ton of those guys. Like, those are the cream of the crop for a reason. So Seth Jones, at the end of the day, would certainly make the Flyers better. There's no doubt about it. I think my only concern would be I would want to know or have a high level of confidence that he would re-sign here. And I think that's the one caveat here is that he can become a UFA after next season. And it's, he's, he already told Columbus, according to the report, that he wants to test free agency. So I just don't know if you want to give up a ton and then have him – for only one year and then have him walk. Uh, and not to, not to mention Seth Jones has a 5.4 million cap hit right now. So if the Flyers do acquire him, obviously they would have to make sure he fits on their roster cap wise. That could go into the exchange um, that the Flyers would make up space by losing cap in the trade. But uh, that would be my main concern. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think Seth Jones is only getting better. He's 26. He's a three-time all-star for a reason. He was a uh, fourth overall pick for a reason great size. And I, I think there's still upside there. Heck we, Joe, we say all the time, Travis Sanheim's only 25 years old. Well, we think he's potentially still getting better. Seth Jones is only 26. I don't see why he can't get better. And to me, I think he has all the ingredients to, to prevent goals. I think with the right coaching staff, a right system, you can make him a better defenseman, defensive defenseman. Um, but there's a lot better to like, and uh, yeah, I think the Flyers should be interested um, what do you think they might have to give up? I would think it'd be a draft pick, a prospect, uh, maybe a player that's uh, can, that can help Columbus now and in a few years. Uh, it, it could be really intriguing what the Flyers would have to give up. Um, Not to get into specifics. We truly don't know, but. Uh, 
you know, it, it could be a could be a player like Konechny. Yeah. Maybe Konechny and and a, and a first. I mean, that's kind of steep, but I, I don't know. It it all depends too. I, I think in the course of any negotiation, you're going to talk about when he says he's going to test free agency. Is that a I want to test free agency, or is it I don't want to be in Columbus? Right. And I'm putting it kindly. You right. know, like is it? I want to test free agency as opposed to saying I don't want to be in Columbus and then having to play a whole season with Columbus teammates that know you don't want to be there. Right. Um, so it's interesting because 15 years ago, the Flyers were a landing spot for big free agents. Um, certainly during the height of, of Ed Snyder's kind of overseeing of the team, free agents came here. I mean, you, you, you saw guys like Ronick and Briere, uh, even Ilya Brzezgalov. I mean, that kind of blew up in their face, but he was the top goalie uh, name on the market. And they, they would flock to play for the Flyers. And, you know, even if you're going back to the 90s and a guy like Chris Gratton, he was a big time uh, free agent. That also did not work out well. But he was a big-name free agent, and the Flyers were on the top of his list. I'm not sure this franchise holds that sort of pedigree right now, but there's nothing to say that it can't. And I think when you have a veteran coach who's won games in this league like Elaine Vigneault, that can be attractive to a player who's 25, 26. Um, You know what you're getting. You can ask players around the league that have played for him what kind of coach he is. and it's not like you're coming in as a young guy who he's going to potentially push around and be extra hard on. You're a guy with a, um, a specific resume, um, a resume of playing well, one of the, you know, I would say 10 best defensemen, defensemen in the league. Um, you know, it, I think there's a lot of attractiveness to this situation and he's young enough where it's not like he's an aging player that's trying to get a cup run in before they retire so they always have their eyes on that that prize that you know I think without major overhaul I don't think we're anybody's fooling themselves into thinking the Flyers are you know Stanley Cup contenders next season I mean of course anything can happen but you know I don't think anybody's saying to themselves, oh, well, that's one of the, you know, five or six teams that has the best chance to win in the league. Yeah, and I think that's what's intriguing about Seth Jones is that he's 26 and you and you really hope that he's getting better. And, heck, if you can re-sign him and you can get him to commit to Philadelphia long-term, uh, there's a lot to like there because there's age, there's everything about Seth Jones, a lot of things that are attractive about him. And really, I just don't think the Flyers are even in position to really nitpick a defenseman of his caliber. Like, no. You're just simply, again, you're just not going to find those top three, four guys just hanging off trees. And, you know, and, and really, how many are there in the league as a whole? Right. I mean, Victor Hedman, right? right? But, I mean, who's their next guy? Yeah. Maybe like maybe maybe a guy like Matt Grislick and Charlie McAvoy? Maybe. Yeah. Um, like, I, think I, I mean, I think Seth, Seth Jones is kind of like Charlie McAvoy the light. He's not like 
Charlie McAvoy is a very physical defenseman. I don't know that Seth is that physical, but he skates well, just like McAvoy, and has that recovery speed that we've seen guys like Phil Myers on the Flyers display. But I just don't know that Phil is good enough in his own zone. It's not about skating, yeah. you know, and he could get there. But, um, yeah, you're not, you're not going to find that full package out there because I don't know how many of those guys exist in the league. Right. And you can't always just hold your assets like near and dear to your heart and not want to ever give it, like, let them go. Like they're assets for a reason. And let's be real. You know, you, the Flyers were banking a lot on their younger players going into this season and it didn't pan out well. So sometimes you like not every one of your younger players becomes a player and you have to evaluate it and make this tough decisions. Uh, Seth Jones would be a tough one because you know what you're getting, but you're also, you know what you're giving up. Um, but as we know, the trade route could be a very attractive way for the Flyers to get better because of the tight cap, because of the flat cap era, uh, how much they have to spend in free agency. The market might not even be that great in terms of free agent defensemen. So if you have a player that doesn't seem like he wants to be in Columbus and a team is going to be willing to shop him, uh, I would think the Flyers are going to be peeking in on Seth Jones. And you know what's funny, Jordan? If you look at the history of this town with the two teams that are the two sports where the, the prospects are the big thing, of course, that, that doesn't happen in the NFL, really, or the um, NBA. But, you know, the Flyers and the Phillies, we've heard – Philly fans are very familiar with uh, be, having their prospects being over-talked and over-hyped and then maybe them not delivering on the field. The, it's happened with the Phillies for years. We just saw it happen with the Flyers, particularly the end of Ron Hextall's uh, tenure as GM here. All we heard about was – these kids are coming. These kids are coming. These kids are coming. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not ready to write off the kids that he was talking about, but again, it's not like they all came in and they're all superstars. Like you said, you don't know what you have. And sometimes you have to take risks. I mean, find me a Stanley cup champion or a champion in any sport that hasn't taken a risk that's paid off in order to get to the spot to win the championship. Yep. And to me, a lot of, it will be a business decision in many ways, too, because Flyers fans are frustrated. They're frustrated. I bet they're even contemplating wanting to come to games next year unless the team does something very big in the offseason, something to buy back in their excitement. Seth Jones and Ivan Provrov on your top pair, uh, that will put butts in seats. That will get people excited. Um, a young player that's already arrived and a name uh, I think it would do a lot for the city, the excitement. Um, I think it would do a lot for Ivan Provrov, too, knowing he's a, a guy of that caliber right on his side um, because I think the Flyers were just lacking at defensemen this year, and we saw it. Uh, and we saw what a top pair guy can do for Ivan Provrov. Madness can improve what it can do. Absolutely. And, I mean, th th this fan base right now, and, and I think very early on on this podcast, we talked about, what prospect we thought, and, and I had mentioned Morgan Frost because it's a guy that people heard about. This fan base is desperate for a guy that they can wrap their arms around and say, this is our guy that's not currently on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a guy to go out and, and, you know, buy this guy's jersey and, and kind of come to games to watch that guy play, as you say, you know, seats would be filled. And, and, a, and a guy that, of course, a guy like Sean Couturier is a guy like that. I'm, I'm talking about a guy that's not on the team currently, whether it be a guy in the minors who 
I don't really know who that is right now. And, um, or, a, or a free agent or a trade, uh, you know, a trade piece. And they, this fan base is desperate to have a guy to wrap their arms around. And I think this would be a perfect sort of, uh, now assigning a guy like Dougie Hamilton would, would accomplish the same thing. But again, how are you making that work? Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe, I have to admit, um, Seth Jones is not my favorite target out there. I like Seth Jones. I think he's a good player. But I won't say he's my favorite, you know, potential addition for the Flyers. But there are some other guys out there. We mentioned Dougie Hamilton. That is certainly one. I will personally prefer Dougie Hamilton. Again, easier to, easier to say that than actually do it. Um, any other defensemen out there that intrigue you as Seth Jones is not the guy uh, who would maybe be your top guy. It sounds like Seth Jones probably is for you, but any other defenseman you see out there that could be intriguing. Yeah. I think, I think an intriguing thing would be if you were to get uh, land a guy like Seth Jones, maybe if you're able to clear up a cap skate, cap, some cap space and bring in a guy like Alex Goligoski from Arizona, that, that Arizona, they didn't have a great season, but they had a solid defense core. I mean, they had, Jacob Chikrin, uh, Oliver ekman Larson, and Golgowski kind of got lost in their top four defensemen. He had a good season. And if you could get a Seth Jones in in a trade and then maybe get a more affordable contract for a guy like Golgowski, I I think that would be, you know, that would be super beneficial. And you're helping a couple levels of your defense there. Um, Because I think Golgowski is a perfect second pair defenseman. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a guy, um, that I looked at and, you know, there's a few other guys out there. Some of them, I think maybe a little past their prime. Um, I believe Tyson Barry is a free agent. You know, I I don't know. I think we, I think we've seen the peak of a guy like that. Um, and the peak is he's very offensive minded. I don't know about him. I, I'm always wary of defensemen that have been on, you know, a handful of teams in only a handful of seasons because there's obviously something that's creeping up that coaches don't like and GMs don't like. So, um, and that generally would be for a defenseman, you would think it would be a guy that's only playing one side of the ice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Golagoski would be a guy for me that would be a – he wouldn't be – a top choice. He would be like in it and it and in addition to a guy for me. Yeah. And I think some other under the radar guys, um, Jamie Oleksiak, I really liked him at the trade deadline last year. He wasn't moved. He's a UFA. Um, again, not like he's not a such shows. He's not a top pair guy probably, but an experienced guy prevents goals. I think he brings physicality, which the flyers really need. They need, they need a presence, I think, back on the blue line, too. We know what his length can do in terms of, of Alexiak's game. He'd be cheap. He, he wouldn't be overly expensive. Um, you can get him for a year or two, not have to commit to him super long term. You could say, hey, let's try to get him in here for a year or two, see if we can compete again, and then maybe we could part ways with him. So I like Jamie Alexiak. I think he'd be solid. Um, another guy, I thought Cody Cece was a pretty good player for Pittsburgh in his one year there. He's a UFA again, more of a depth guy, but uh, really productive in a good in on a good team. I think he could help. Uh, again, I'm not saying they go after Cody Cece. I'm not saying he's the solution, 
but he's a guy out there. And Ryan Ellis, maybe it could be a guy that um, could be talked about trade. That would be a big time trade. Uh, but as we know, Nashville has some good defensemen. They could be looking to add forward um, and, and maybe use one of their defensemen to shop. So Ryan Ellis, I think is another guy I would maybe keep an eye on. Uh, perhaps he's talked about in trade. And I think to, with the three guys you just mentioned there, not so much Ellis, but more so Alexiak and CeCe, those could be a, in addition to guys that yes. also. I don't think those guys are going to command huge salaries. So they could, they could be an, an in addition to type player as well. And, and those guys are – I know Cody CeCe, when he played for Ottawa, was not exactly the most defensive-minded defenseman. I think he's kind of changed his game up a little. That's what I noticed with Pittsburgh last year. Um, I believe he was a top-pair guy when he played for Ottawa – he was not with Pittsburgh, and I think some of the pressure was off of him. And Alexiak, I think, is a more, you know, obviously a more defensive-minded defenseman. And I think, you know, either of those guys would be great additions to the team. Yeah, and Alexiak, he ended up playing, actually, his career high in minutes per game uh, with 20 minutes. So uh, I don't want to downplay him as if he's this third-pair guy. He can do some things. Um, so I think Alexiak, yeah, is probably – uh, coming off some of his best years, two of his best years maybe in his career in Dallas. Uh, so, yeah, solid addition there. CC, as we mentioned, Ellis is a possible trade candidate. The Flyers will have, definitely have some avenues to potentially get better. And, yeah, Joe, I don't even know if it's just a one-player suddenly we're better kind of deal here. Uh, if we remember in Chuck Fletcher's first offseason, he didn't settle just getting Matt Niskanen. He then added Justin Braun, and it really shored up their back end uh, in a positive way. So it might not just be, hey, add one guy and we're fine. Uh, I think Chuck Fletcher could go out and, and patch holes with multiple players. Um, but, of course, Cap will, will, will play into it for sure, like a Dougie Hamilton. If the Flyers were to sign him, they would have to clear a cap in some way, whether it maybe be a trade. Um, they would have to clear money. And the same as Seth Jones. Acquiring Seth Jones would, would definitely require a cap going out. So we shall see. But there are certainly some defensemen out there uh, Chuck Fletcher mentioned it. He said there are some players available that we believe we can improve. They'll have to be creative, but I wouldn't put it past Chuck Fletcher. I think he's a smart guy. Uh, he's been in the game since 1993, went to Harvard. Uh, they have some good cap people in the organization as well. I think they could, they can get better this off season and build excitement going into next season. But Joe, let's get into our cold brew check presented by Duncan. We're going to do this on the the topic of assistant coaches because Ian LaPerriere on Sunday night was officially named the head coach of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. He was introduced to the media on Monday. So LaPerriere, who was an assistant with the Flyers for the past eight seasons, now the head coach in Lehigh Valley. LaPerriere did not oversee the Flyers penalty kill over these last two seasons. That was Mike Yo's job. LaPerriere did oversee the PK before Yo came on board, but we figured this was a good cold brew check presented by Duncan. The, Special teams units were overseen by Mike Yo, penalty kill, Michelle Terrian, power play. Both units took big time strides in 2019-20, and then they took big steps backward in 2020-21. Joe, we know those special teams units need to be better. They're going to be overseen again by Mike Yo and Michelle Terrian. If there's one that concerns you more, or if you're more optimistic about one than the other, what would it be in your mind? To me, it's hands down the penalty kill. Um, I think a team, I think good teams can survive without a great power play. Good teams cannot survive with a horrendous penalty kill, which let's be honest, at times this season, the Flyers penalty kill was horrendous. 
it was almost a guaranteed goal for a stretch stretches of games. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's even close. Um, we've seen teams win without a, a fantastic power play. I don't think you've seen any teams win that give up the give, give up, you know, power play goals against to the level that the flyers were giving them up um, particularly in the latter half of this, this past season. So I think that that's the, the area that definitely concerns me most. It plays right back into our, you know, focus on defense um, storyline that we've been going through from in the middle of the season. Um, too many goals allowed by this team. A lot of them are on the power play. So to me, it's the PK and it's not close. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the power play, it's, the Flyers have been up and down their power play for a while now. But as long as it's, you know, average to, to maybe mid-tier above average, uh, you can get by with that, and that's fine. And I think the Flyers have the personnel to score in the power play. Like, I don't doubt the Claude Giroux and the Jacob Voracek's. Um, they have one of the better net front guys in the league in JVR. They have young kids like Farabee um, who are taking strides now on that unit. So I don't worry about the power play as much. PK certainly concerned me. It went from 11th in the league in 2019-20 to 30th in the league, second to, de- second to last um, in the NHL this year. Um, they were just giving up goals at an alarming clip. And I think a lot of it was personally was personnel-driven. Um, I just don't think they had the personnel really to go out there. I think they were trying to expect a lot of younger players to step up and kill penalties for the first times in their career. And, you know, you can look at a guy and say, hey, he's got the ability to kill penalties but you got to do it at the end of the day it has to be done before you really you know you can believe in potential at all you want but sometimes experience can be really good on the penalty kill the Flyers have mentioned how they lost Tyler Pitlick they lost Derek Grant uh, Matt Niskanen obviously was a force on the PK they lost some guys and I think they they really felt the effects of that they trusted guys like Philip Myers who had never killed before had some growing pains uh, Oscar Lindblom was really relied heavily we know Oscar can kill penalties but at the same time he was coming off his cancer diagnosis and playing a full season for the first time since uh, since his diagnosis in December uh, 2019. So it was just you were just asking a lot of guys and and the PK was just yeah it was very concerning. Um, I think that's going to go a ton in their offseason initiatives is not only getting guys that can help them cut down on their goals against but really get guys with PK pedigree PK pedigree guys that can come in that have killed penalties before. Um, I thought they did that in Chuck Fletcher's offseason by getting Justin Braun, getting Matt Niskanen, getting Kevin Hayes, getting Tyler. All guys can kill penalties. And it really made them a different team because, Joe, as you mentioned, if, if, you're pay, if your PK is, you know, bottom five in the league or even bottom ten, like, you're probably in some trouble. Um, and the Flyers, not only were they bad at shorthanded, but they weren't good at even strength either. And, and it was a perfect storm, and it, it ended up being them – allowing the most goals in the league. So, yeah, I'll have to say PK as well. Well, I would also say it can't be understated that Kevin Hayes was not the same player on the penalty kill this past season that he was in his first season with the Flyers. Now, whether that was the sports hernia or whatever the case may be, he was not the same player, and that had a huge effect on him. I brought it up several times on this podcast. How many times in his first season with the Flyers do you remember him grabbing the puck on a penalty kill and just ragging the puck and wasting time off the, the opposing team's power play. I don't recall it happening one time this past season. And, you know, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, 
that's your second the that's essentially the quarterback of your second penalty kill unit um is Kevin Hayes and, and he was huge last year and he just was not the same player this year. So maybe health had something to do with that. And hopefully coming back, having the off season surgery and a full training camp and those things, maybe he comes back and reminds us more of the Kevin Hayes from the first season with the Flyers, as opposed to this last one. Chuck Fletcher mentioned, Hey, we need, we need to get help this off season and we're going to be creative in the way that we have to do it. But he also mentioned our in-house players have to be better too. And he's right. Uh, not only the younger players needing to take strides, but also some of the, the key players here um, needing to be better and not and not taking steps back. Kevin Hayes is one of those players that their Flyers really need to be better next season. And uh, as we know, he had sports hernia surgery this offseason. It went well, and uh, he'll be recovering, and, and he's expected to be ready to go for training camp. A huge guy on their PK. Uh, the Flyers would love to see him look like the 2019-20 Kevin Hayes on that PK. That would go a long way in helping them climb from 30th to at least try to get like a mid-tier ranking there or at least like in this early 20s of the NHL. I would, I would say you'd want to be in the top half. If you want a decent shot of making the playoffs, you pretty much need to be in the top half of the league in your penalty kill. Yeah. Yeah, you really got to – you just can't – one, it, like the penalty kill I think is two things. One, if you're a disciplined team and you, and you at least keep yourself out of the box um, a good bit, then you don't have to rely on the PK too much. But if you do have to rely on the PK, you know you have good players that can do it shorthanded, can even keep the power play on its toes. Like Kevin Hayes was so good in that year one, he was such a threat the other way that you really make the opposing team's power play work and not get comfortable. And uh, Kevin Hayes, four shorthanded goals in his first year, uh, zero this season. Uh, the Flyers will hope he's healthy and ready to go. And – they're going to need some off-season additions to help with that PK, no doubt about it. That is our cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broom 
Gate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broom Gate. Well, Joe Fordyce, thank you so much. As always, great chatting with you. Fun all-season talk. I love talking about defensemen because I think there's some big names out there, and I think it just naturally gets people excited. You're thinking of how the team could look next season, and we're going to continue to talk about that on the Flyers Talk podcast as these playoffs continue and as the all-season continues. But, Joe, thank you so much as always. Ben Berry, a special thank you to our podcast producer as well. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.